That's why we're here today, right? To worship his holy name, to lift up the name that's above every name. Because the scripture tells us that uh, Jesus, though humbled, uh, will be, has been exalted to the highest place. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Today, uh, we're going to continue in our study. Actually, we're wrapping up a study of a book in the Bible called Philippians. And in Philippians, we've seen how we are called to serve like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to be like Jesus, and to have an attitude adjustment where we have a positive attitude. We see it in Jesus, but we see it, especially in this letter to Philippians, what Paul calls us to. Let's pray together and just ask God to speak to each of us today in an area where, I'm going to be quite honest, it's one that i got to work on a lot. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word and how it does teach us about all things. Lord, we don't want to be those that um, are ordinary, but we want to live out the extraordinary life that you've given us. We want to experience that change from the inside out. God, would you speak through your word today? Help us remember your son and remember the future that he has brought us, that even in this world that we have troubles, we take heart because he has overcome the world. So we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, um, today, let's start with sort of reading through the scripture uh, passage that we're going to look at. Sometimes I'll have a little story or something, but today I just want to jump right into the passage. Let's read through it. It's a short one, but it's a really powerful one. And look at the admonitions that the Apostle Paul gives to the Philippian church. He says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus finally brothers and sisters uh, whatever is noble whatever is true whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things and whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And I am thankful for this passage. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's one that uh, often uh, I go to when things are a little bit on the difficult side because it reminds me how I am supposed to be. And it starts with this admonition, this challenge, and you heard it, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. got that right you get, do we just stop there and go yeah okay I'm not sure I, if you were giving yourself a little grade on rejoicing in the Lord always is that gonna be like a one or two is that gonna be a ten is that gonna yeah I, I you know I find that not always uh, I'm not always the pleasant attitude person and you know the sad thing is it's usually at home that's where I'm the grouchiest you right around our spouses Vicky ought to get the best part of my time. And you guys are all like, yes. And she's over here going, yes. And, and yet she always gets me in the most sour attitude, right? Something's going wrong. I'm complaining. I rejoice in the Lord always. I think that that's why he says, I'm going to say it again. 
rejoice. He's literally having this letter written. He's dictated to an amanuensis, he's dict- which, is, which is like a scribe, someone who is writing it down for him. And as the Apostle Paul is dictating this letter and, and trying to get it out, he stops and says, I'm going to say it again, rejoice. Well, you know why, right? We got a lot of cares. We got a lot of concerns. We got a lot of issues. We got things that, 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 that occupy our mind. I'm sitting here thinking, wow, my grass is too long as I'm driving out the parking my driveway this morning because it rained yesterday and I took advantage of that and didn't mow the yard. But that means when am I going to mow it this week? Oh, yeah, I can't do it this day. Oh, I can't do it that day. Oh, is, that, is it time to get that oil changed? Oh, wait, what about the tire rotation? They, They've got new apps where they said they send it from Carfax. It's like, we're reporting you. We're reporting that you're not getting all your maintenance done on time. I'm thinking, there's so much for me to worry about. There's so much for me to be concerned about. There's so many things that are heavy. And you know what we do, right? We're not supposed to live with anxiety, but we do. So we go get self-help books, right? And we go get self-help podcasts. Anybody, Anybody do these kinds of things, right? How to have a positive attitude in a contemporary society. How to get more out of your life. Some of you guys like these? There was one that was all the rage. You've got to have some age on you for this one. But it was all the rage for the while. Do you remember Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? And that was like the thing. I mean, we were all like, oh yeah, be proactive, be... Shoot, I've already forgotten the other six. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? I mean, this was the book. We were all like, oh, yeah, yeah, Stephen Covey. This, this is going to, boy, this. It stressed me out having seven habits that I've got to like. Right? I'm like, oh, no, now I've got, am I only, have I, how many of these? Are, I don't think I have any of these. It stressed me out about that. Okay. So today from God's word, from that little scripture we showed you, I'm going to show you, and very practically, I think Paul gives us three habits. That's easier than seven. Three habits of joyful people. Three habits of joyful people. And so let's take a look at this. The first one is this. We just need to be mindful of the presence of God. We need to be mindful of God's presence. Look again at verse four and five. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? The Lord is near. The Lord is near. He is with us. He promises us. Jesus, when he was with his disciples at the very end, in Matthew 28, right, he made this thing. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all, everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age. Everything I have learned from Jesus, everything I have learned from his life, everything I have learned about God the Father, everything I have learned about his love, everything I have learned about how to treat others and live in this world has been good. It's not always been easy, but it's been good. This is why Jesus says, go make disciples. The world needs him. Not just for salvation and for eternity, that is absolutely true, but also for life today. He alone is able to give us a peace that is beyond understanding. He alone is able to help us through the anxiety and the worry. He alone is able to help us through this thing because he's God in the flesh. Scripture says this in Psalm 121, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It says of Jesus that he holds all things together 
by his powerful word. I need his presence in my life. I need God's presence in my life because I don't make it well. I complain. I can't figure it out. I don't know what to do. But Jesus promises to be with us always. And through his Holy Spirit, he is with us always. He is together. It's not some kind of little imaginary friend that helps me on, on the days that, that are difficult. It's not just somebody I talk to when I'm lonely. This is God Almighty who has promised to be with us. Some of you even this week have walked through in the hospitals. Some of you have walked through the, the, the scary moments. And we know that in the world, people are walking through some scarier things maybe than even from us. Why do we forget this truth? Why do we forget this truth? Um, there's a little article. Um, it, was, it was a while back. It was actually back in 2015. There's a guy named Kevin McFadden. He just wrote a little, a little quickie, a little, little short uh, one. It was in, in the New York Times. And uh, he talked about um, <clears throat> how goldfish have a nine-second memory. They only remember things for nine seconds. Microsoft apparently did a little study about since we've been using cell phones about how quick our attention span, we look off, we forget, we move. I, I don't know how they measured this. We're down to eight. Now, I, I, I mean, we're not as good as the goldfish, right? I, I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, what do we do? Here's what's incredible. The most important truth of the universe that there was a God who loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you, that he might rise again, give us the promised Holy Spirit, and being with us forever and guaranteeing a place to be with him for eternity, that that truth somehow fades from our mind the minute it's like, oh man, it's fourth down and two. What is he going to do? And all of a sudden I've forgotten the most important truth when my team's losing. All of a sudden, I've forgotten the most important truth when I'm having car trouble. All of a sudden, I've forgotten the most important truth when I'm facing new challenges. God is with us. And because of that, we can be different. Did you see it in verse 5? Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I don't have to flip out. Confession time, I do. I don't have to complain. Confession time, I do. I don't have to wring my hands with worry and, and just, and just mm, you know. I do. The Lord is with us. Why are we forgetting that? Why are we forgetting that truth? Oh, we need it engraved on every wall in our house. Maybe not literally my wife would kill me for that, but, but we need it everywhere to remind us that God is with us. I want my life to be different. I think this truth will help me. It'll help me live with that quiet confidence of walking with God that he's with us. Is your life marked with that? Did, did you have this? The Lord is going to get me through. How many times has he answered those prayers? How many times has he come through? Last night I found myself drifting back to some songs. And I think we're going to try to do it. I, I, I passed some of these on to Christine. I said, let's do some of these. And there's a chorus that just goes, he never fails. He never will. Never fails. Never will. There's more to come. There's more to come. More challenges. But more of his presence. 
more of his power. I don't know if you guys like the beach and, and all of those kinds of things, and I, I, I don't particularly, <laughs> I'll be honest, beaches, they're okay. Um, it's, it's sandy, and it's, you know, and I'm not a surfer. I tried it once, and I almost died. And I thought, you know, I don't think I'm doing this. And, you know, the body surfing, boogie boarding thing, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's fun for a little bit. But as I've gotten older, I'm just kind of in. But you know who loves the beach? It's like my little nieces and stuff, right? They love it. They absolutely love it. And, and, and they love to go get in the water. And it's a little bit, you know, especially if the waves are coming, it can, not, it can pretty much take them out. Um, but they love to just walk, you know, with your hand in theirs. And every sudden those big waves come, you just kind of, whoop, you know, pull, you, you know what I'm talking about? Do the little jump. I think I want to remind myself over and over that that's the Lord. He is with us, that God walks with us. That when the waves come, they are too big for me. But they're not too big for him. He just can lift us when we need to be lifted. He's got us. He's not letting go. He's not going to slip. He's not going to slumber, the scripture says. He who watches over us does not sleep or slumber. He's not going to miss it. He wasn't caught off guard. He didn't have something else on his schedule. God is with us. Number two, we need to be prayerful about every concern prayerful about every concern. Look what it says in verse 6. So don't be anxious. Don't worry about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Go to God first. If God cares for you, if he's walking with you, why aren't we laying it at his feet? Why aren't we lifting it and putting it in his hands? Why are we trying to solve all the problems first, and then at the last possible moment, when there's no hope left, then it's like, oh, I guess I should pray. I hate the phrase, well, I guess all we can do is pray. I hate that. What do you mean all we can do? I mean, this is like the hotline to God. I mean, I, I'm going to talk to the Almighty Father. All I can do? That's the first thing I need to do. Talk to someone who actually can deal with the situation. I don't have to be anxious because God answers every situation. God, maybe not the way I want him to answer, but he answers every petition. But did you notice this little phrase? Go to the next slide with thanksgiving. Oh yeah, because uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I, I actually, when I'm in panic mode, after I've complained, after I've worried, after I've tried to solve it, after I've flipped out, and then I get praying, I can make my request. Oh God, help me. Oh Lord, this test. Oh God, I don't know if I'm going to pass this driving thing. Oh Lord, you do it too. I can remember I had to get a CDL. I was my first little ministry job. I was a senior in college, and we, were, we bought a brand new church van, and we were taking teenagers to do service projects up in Minnesota. Why in the world they were entrusting me to drive a van load of kids to Minnesota, I don't know. Um, the pastor was going to, and he's like, well, I can't drive the whole way, so you gotta get a CDL. And I'm like, okay, CDL, here I come. What does that mean? Um, and I had to get it, so, I, so it was a 15 passenger, or 16, or 17, 22, something like that. So I had to get that special driver's license. And so he threw me in the van and said, all right, we're going up there to the place. I'm like, oh, okay, I've never driven the thing before, like ever. And so I'm in it, and I hadn't really adjusted my mirrors, and I was like, ooh, boy. And all of a sudden, I was like, okay. He's like, okay, I need you to, to change lanes. I'm like, okay. But the mirrors weren't adjusted right. I couldn't quite see, so I left my 
little turn signal on for quite a while, and I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And I hear this, honk, honk. And the guy was like, oh, this is no good. This is terrible. You know, yeah, we're going to have to fail you probably. And I was like, we leave on Monday. It's like next week. And i got to wait two more weeks to take this test. This has to be solved. God, I need you. God, now I need Why didn't I pray first? But God, I need you now. You and finally the guy was like, well, we're near the interstate. Go ahead and pull on on. And, you know, I'll give you a 70. I probably shouldn't have been driving that van, but I got a 70. I practiced all week right before that trip. I'm driving it every day, like hours, um, getting ready, because oh, that, that scared me. That probably was actually a good thing. We cry out to God, but do we give thanks? God, thank you for how you got me through. Thank you for actually how you inspired me to prepare more for that driving to Minnesota. Oh, yeah, God, thank you for how you answered that test or that, that prayer for my graduate studies. Thank you for how you guided me this time. God, thank you for when you intervened in my family with this illness. God, thank you for, why don't I start there? There's a secret there. Because when I've rehearsed all the times that God has provided, then I'm confident that he's going to provide next time. When my prayers are things, Lord, thank you for how you led me to this my wife and how wonderful that has been. God, thank you for how you led us together to New York. And when there was something for me to do, you provided a graduate school for her. And God, thank you that when God, you had something for her to do here in Maryland, you had a job for me to do. And God, thank you. So instead of being all panicky, oh Lord, what's next? I don't know how will we ever figure it out. Now that I've rehearsed all the times you've led us in our lives, I can have confidence about the future. Why don't I start with thanksgiving? That's what God tells us to do through the Apostle Paul. And what happens? Well, there's a result. There's a promise. Verse 7, and the peace of God, I think I want to change this translation, transcends all understanding. That sounds nice, but what it really means is that blows your mind. The peace of God, which is totally incomprehensible. The peace of God that doesn't make sense. You see, when the troubles come, we're supposed to worry. When the troubles come, we're supposed to be panicking, right? That's the natural thing. And this peace that doesn't seem normal, this peace that's supernatural, this peace that does transcend all understanding, goes beyond what we typically think possible. That's what guards our heart and our mind. This is what it is. It blows our mind. Now, I don't go trained into translations, but you know, we got good translations. But this is, this is a good one to meditate on. He will guard my heart and my mind. So for you, is there a regular time that you're taking in prayer? Do you have a regular prayer list, like people and things that you're praying for? Do you have a regular manner of prayer? Is it, oh God, help me because I'm late. <laughs> that could be a regular manner, probably not the best one. Do you have a regular manner that includes thanksgiving? There's a model of prayer that I learned as a kid called the Acts model, right? They're basing it on the book of Acts, right? Adoration, praising God first, confessing that there are sins, things we just say, God, I'm sorry for this, need to get out. Uh, thanksgiving, and then finally, supplication right? The petitions, the prayer requests, the asking God for things. Do you have a typical prayer? Now, some of you may be like ready to go, okay, this is a nice little like idea, <laughs> but let's get real. There are hurts in the world. There are difficulties in the world. There are problems in the world. 
Lamentations chapter 3. I, just listen to this. He prays this. When Jerusalem was destroyed, the people of God were going into exile. All his friends, his family departed. The prophet Jeremiah kind of cries out in an honest prayer that goes like this. I've been deprived of peace. I've forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped for from the Lord is gone. I, I remember my affliction and my wandering, my bitterness and the gall. I, I, I will remember them because my soul is downcast within me. Yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I said to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the Lord, for the salvation of our God. The prophet was a pretty bad time. The people were destroyed. They were going into slavery. There was exile. All of his, his home, his, his, his city, um, everything's done. Everything's destroyed. And he's been enduring so much for so long. And now, icing on the cake, man, they've lost the war. It's over. It's gone. And he's crying out to God. Yeah, I remember all of this. It's bitter. It's hard. But in the midst of it, I'm going to continue to say in faith, the Lord is good. He is faithful. He will bring me through. There's something about that. We need to be those that endure because I can't imagine what's going on right now in the hearts and minds of people. Uh, Pastor Barry led us in prayer uh, for the people in Afghanistan. I mean, I mean, literally thousands of people killed. People have lost loved ones. They've lost homes uh, in the earthquake yesterday. Um, we've seen, right, I mean, this war break out. Now, again, another war, right, in Israel. I mean, I, I was reading early this morning, I mean, however many, gosh, um, it was 20 children, I think, that Palestinian children have already been marked among the dead. It's like, oh, and hundreds of others. Same with on the Israeli side, right? People who have been kidnapped, children and parents and grandparents kidnapped. And I can't imagine that I'm saying, oh yeah, rejoice in the Lord. But we can say, no, there can be true joy. Maybe not happiness. Maybe in the middle of grief. Maybe in the middle of pain and sorrow. But I can still hold on to these truths ultimately God is getting us through. Ultimately, my inheritance is with him. Ultimately, um, there is joy. So I have to do some things. I have to focus on some good things. Focus, and that's number three. Focus on some good things. Look what he says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such We need to be informed. We need to know what's going on in the world. Absolutely. But sometimes we also need to take a little news break. Some of us are news junkies, right? 
I mean, I was up early. I needed to see what developments had happened in this new world. Some of us are news junkies, and we fill our minds with everything that's going on in the world, and it just becomes heavy. And sometimes we need to just say, I need to do a little thinking about what is pure and good and noble. I need to spend some time in God's Word and in God's presence. I need to spend some time hearing, like we did last week, about missionaries who are doing some incredible things around the world. I need those times for refreshing of my soul. God is good. Sometimes we need a little bit of a news break. So our three habits, did you catch them? Be mindful. God is with you. Be prayerful with thanksgiving in every situation and be focused on good things. But there's actually one more thing he mentions. <clears throat> Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. See, I've heard this passage a million times. I've heard this passage so often. I've heard this admonition, rejoice in the Lord. Don't be anxious in everything with prayer and with thanksgiving. I, Anybody heard this one before? I have. <clears throat> Put it into practice. Put it into practice. It's the old Nike slogan, just do it. <laughs> it's time for us to live what we say we believe. That God is with us. That he has taken care of our sins and made a way for us to have eternity with him. Today, if you don't know Jesus, can. His invitation is always there. His invitation is always there for forgiveness, for new life, and for eternal life. He died on the cross. He rose again to get, make a way where there was no way. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you need to kind of, with me, make some new resolutions and say, I'm going to pray first. I'm going to pray regularly, and I'm going to pray with thanksgiving in the middle of all these troubles. We all need to remember. Today, this Sunday, we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We're actually taking time to remember what Jesus had done in a way he told us to remember. We're going to actually take a time to, to remember what he said on the night he was betrayed. And we're going to take a moment just to reflect on the incredible gift of salvation. Today, as we enter this time, I'm going to invite you to just remember that Jesus died for you. That what he endured on the cross was for you. The mockings, the beatings, the crown of thorns, the nails in his hands, they were for you. Scripture tells us that God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of God. It is amazing grace. Let's remember Jesus. The Apostle Paul tells us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and when he broke it, he said, do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus, for his death on the cross, for our sins. 
Scripture tells us that in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new agreement in my blood. Do this every time you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's remember the Lord. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When we take the Lord's Supper, it's not only a remembrance, but it's a promise. It's a promise to say, Lord, I'm yours. I want to live for you. I want to live in the way you taught me. Take my life, just like you gave me yours. I belong to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the gift of your son. Help us live in this way always. We pray this in his name, the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing one closing song. And as we do, um, I'm going to invite you to stand uh, if you can. And if you need to make a decision, maybe it's a decision that says, look, I, I don't understand all this, but I need this Jesus. I, I, I want this. Maybe you want to respond and just come to the front. I'll be happy to speak with you, Pastor Barry, Pastor David. We'd be happy to share with you more about what it is to follow Jesus. Or maybe one of you says, this is the church where we're supposed to be. This is where God is planting us to, 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 to serve and to work. I want to be here. Or maybe you just have questions. I'm not ready to make a decision, but I just need to know more. If that's you today and you would like to come and, and talk with someone, we'd be happy to talk with you. So as we sing this song, let it be a, a commitment, a commitment of our lives uh, to give back to Jesus.